following resource is from Welford Baptist Church. Many of you would say, you know, we talked last week, this was the question, how many of you would say you, pr- you pray less than an hour per week? Okay, that was the question that I wanted you to ask yourself. And then what about 30 minutes? And what about 10? I want to ask you, what has changed from last week to this week in your prayer life? Anything changed? I'm not just talking about time necessarily. Okay. Alright, so again, it's not about your length of time that you spend praying. We talked last week. God not is just expecting this. He's inviting us into this. And it's not about quantity and productivity. It's about quality and longevity. Okay? It's more so about the substance of your prayers and the substance of your scripture reading. And it's more about the substance rather than how much you can get done in a short amount of time. Okay? Because you can read, read, read all you want to. And prime example was the Pharisees knew the Old Testament like the back of their hand, could memorize chapters and large portions, but could not recognize the Messiah. Okay? So I'm not just saying that it's all mentally up here. It's also here. It's about substance, right? And quality and longevity because as believers, we live forever. Okay? These physical bodies will die, but we will go with being Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay? Death has no dominion over you. Death has no reign because Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. All right? Amen. All right? So anyway, so it was pretty clear by some of the looks on your faces that maybe our prayer lives are not where they need to be. Okay? And understand that my prayer life is not where it needs to be either. Okay? So, why do so many believers, maybe including you, confess that we do not pray as we should? Why do you think? Why do you think? Because if you were to take a, a, a survey, not only this church, but many other churches, I'm pretty sure that a very positive percentage of people would say, I don't pray as I should. Yes, sir. Because they just don't want to take time out of their day to do something like that. So they just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? What else do you think? All right. <laughs> so I'm going to give you six reasons, okay? So we're going to count them all, all right? The first reason is lack of discipline. All right, prayer is never planned. You can plan prayer, right? Um, it always seems to get crowded and moved out of the way for something that seems more urgent at the time. So the first reason is lack of discipline. Uh, if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes. Um, hopefully you're writing these down or putting these in your phone. The second thing is we doubt anything will actually happen if we pray. We probably won't confess this to each other, but we doubt anything will actually happen if we pray. If you saw visible results from your prayer and it was answered within 60 seconds, I think we would all have holes in our jeans, not because we bought them from a store, but because we've been praying so much. So, Scripture doesn't promise that. That is not reality, okay? (laughs) Prayer is not often answered in 60 seconds, right? Sometimes it's a lifetime. I was reading this uh, just yesterday in John that... Um, oh gosh, it just left me. Um, that sometimes you're going to go into a field and sow, excuse me, and reap where somebody else has sowed. 
This was in John chapter 4, right? And Jesus is telling his disciples that the fields are ripe for the harvest, right? You're going to go into this field and you're going to reap, or yeah, you're going to reap where others have already sowed. So we may pray and we may be obedient for our entire life and never see the answers to those prayers. Never see what is sowed from our work. Excuse me. Never see what is reaped from the sowing that we do. You see, God doesn't call us to just be um, sowers and we get to see the, the, the great results of the work that we're putting in, right? Or the work that He's doing. God just calls us to be faithful. Now, whether or not we see what is, is reaped from what we sowed, it's not up to us, right? It's up to God whether or not that flower grows or doesn't grow, right? We're just supposed to be faithful just sowing seeds. All right. Um, so again, Scripture doesn't promise an answer. Uh, excuse me. The prayer is going to be answered in 60 seconds. But we do have an absolute, certain, guaranteed, 110% going to happen promise that God is going to listen to your prayer. Sometimes we would much rather have somebody to listen to us than to answer us. Right? Okay. Sometimes when you get around someone who's very emotional and having a very difficult time, sometimes the best thing for you to do is to shut up. <laughs> just be quiet and just listen. We have a clear promise in Scripture that God is going to hear us. And He doesn't need satellite receivers and 28 of them to do it and to spend $300 million. No, He has a very big ear and He hears our prayers. Oftentimes we doubt anything will actually happen because prayers are answered in ways that we didn't expect. And they're different from what we were actually praying for. I say this a lot. God may be working in thousands of ways and we may only see a couple. Right? So because the results of prayer are not instant or answered in a couple days, we can be tempted to doubt the power of God through prayer. Third thing. A lack of sensing the nearness of God may also discourage prayer. So this is the third reason. So the first one was lack of discipline. Second, we doubt anything will actually happen if we pray. And then third, um, a lack of sensing the nearness of God may also discourage prayer. Now this is more of the emotional side of prayer. You know, Caroline just talked about a few minutes ago the fact that we have mountaintop moments. But God is the same on the mountaintop that He is in the valley and on the way down to the valley and up to the mountain. He's the same. He never changes. Now, prayer is important, and prayer is an emotional thing, but we should not be only driven by our emotions in prayer. That should not be the guiding factor. What should be the guiding factor is what we talked about in the first discipline, Scripture. Okay? Remember how Caroline just said she was having a very difficult time, and then she went to the Word of God and understood that God hears her, that God is faithful, that God is for her, not against her. I don't know what passages of Scripture you looked at, but you remembered to go to the Word of God because that is what filters everything else, right? Um, and so again, we're not to be solely guided by our emotions, but prayer can be emotional. Uh, I've heard stories of pastors who have been on their hands and knees and wailing, God, I need you, God, we need you. Like just these loud prayers. So prayer can be emotional, but, but emotions aren't the only guiding factor in prayer, okay? Uh, fourthly, we may have little awareness of the real need to pray. Therefore, there is little real prayer. Again, we may have little awareness of the real need to pray. Therefore, there is little real prayer. Now, just remember, we have to do our verses. We're going to get to that at the end. Okay? Did not forget. I just 
forgot to do it at the beginning. So, um, so again, we may have little awareness of the real need to pray. Circumstances, this is what often happens. Circumstances that are too big for us to handle. We don't know when the payment's coming in. We don't know how we're going to pay the water bill, the power bill, whatever. We pray. But everything else we can handle on our own. We think we can. And so we don't really see the need of prayer. And we don't really understand what Jesus says in John 15, 5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He is the vine, we are the branches. Right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. The fact that we are breathing is because of Jesus. Okay? Fifthly, our awareness of the greatness of God and the gospel is dim. Okay? Again, our awareness of the greatness of God and the gospel is dim. The less we think of the nature and character of God, and the less we are reminded of Christ's sacrifice and what He did for us on the cross, the less we want to pray. And you don't have to know a ton of verses to be grasped by the greatness of God and by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just a couple of things that got to grip you. And you think about those things non-stop. Jesus did this for me? He is perfect. I am imperfect. He is infinite. I am finite. He is sinless. I am sinful. He is God. I am not. We look up into nature and we wonder, like the psalmist, who is man that you are mindful of him? Like, God, you spoke everything into existence, and yet you care for me? And I break your law. I sit against you. I spit in your face. And you still sent your son to die for me. The less we are aware of the greatness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and how wonderful and, and not magical, because it's not magic, it's purpose. How purposeful, how wonderful, how great those things are and how great our God is, the less we will pray. Sixthly and lastly, so six reasons, this is the last one. The last reason Christians pray so little is because they haven't learned about prayer. Okay? Now, we went through those five, and a lot of those deal with us and personally with us. Okay? This last one can involve other people. Okay? So, again, the last reason Christians pray so little is because they haven't learned about prayer. All right. So this leads to the kind of conclusion, I guess you could say, right? Uh, and, and where we're going to finish tonight, maybe. What time is it? Yeah, I think we're going to finish. Prayer is learned, okay? Prayer is learned. No matter how weak, so let's ask ourselves again, let's be honest, how weak or how strong our prayer life is right now, okay? You can learn to grow no matter what. Okay? You can learn to grow even stronger in prayer. If you say, Caleb, I'm praying six hours a day, you can still learn. Caleb, I'm praying five minutes a day. I'm only praying before meals. You can still learn. The wonderful thing about a relationship with Jesus Christ is that it's never-ending growth. Okay? Until He calls us home or until He comes back, we're not completed. <laughs> and really, there's no day of completion until we get our new bodies and there's a new heaven and a new earth. So until that time, we aren't completed. So God is inviting us into a joyful, 
and wonderful relationship with Him that never ends. And He's going to continue to shape us and mold us according to Scripture and His Word. <coughs> Excuse me. Our uh, kind of sweet treat, since we're on a diet, my wife and I is diet lemonade from Chick-fil-A. It's like the best Splenda mix thing. I've, I've tried the sweet tea thing myself. Don't do it. Just don't. I just can't. It's just not good. So, uh, back to prayer. Um, the Bible teaches us that prayer can be gradually learned. Okay? Think of it as uh, a newborn baby. Okay? Unless it's boss baby, that thing's not coming out the womb saying, Hey, mama, I would really like something to eat. Okay? It's not, it's not doing that. Okay? All of us in this room, probably the very first thing that we screamed at the top of our lungs when we were born was, Wah! Okay? And some of us did it a lot more than others. Right? I was a whiner. Can confess that. So just as a child has to learn vocabulary, how to structure a sentence, how to put sentences together, and how to put words together, that, that makes sense, right? So it's the same thing with prayer. We can gradually learn how to pray. Right? Sometimes you hear a child's prayer and, and the girls, Haley will pray sometimes, and it's it's just absolutely hilarious because she's not putting things together that are supposed to go together. And so sometimes, and I just put this out, this is not, you know, this is not what she said exactly, but sometimes it can sound like this. Lord, foot, help, need pizza tomorrow at Lowe's. Okay? It's, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So you gradually learn those things. You gradually learn how to structure a sentence as a child. Right? Um, hopefully it makes a little bit more sense. And maybe you know this movie, maybe you don't. Anybody ever seen Christmas Vacation? Okay. All right. Um, hopefully, by the time we continue to grow in our faith, our prayers make more sense than Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation when she said the national anthem over their Christmas Eve dinner for their prayer, right? Um, yeah, everybody, <laughs> Clark says, everybody have, let's have grace. He says, Aunt Bethany, would you like to bless it? And then keep in mind, this is a lady who made a jello thing with cat food in it, all right? Um, and and she, everybody bows their head and they got this turkey out, which they haven't cut yet. If you haven't seen the movie, Go see the movie. Um, you can't really go see it, but just watch it. And everybody bows their head and she goes, I pledge allegiance to the flag. It's just fantastic. Um, anyway, but to pray as, as, it's, as it's expected of us, to pray as a maturing Christian, and to pray effectively, we must say with the disciples in Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Right? So there's going to be four ways that prayer is learned. All right? first way is by praying. Prayer is learned by praying. Okay, that's pretty cool, right? It's pretty easy. The second thing, prayer is learned by meditating on Scripture. Thirdly, praying with others. Prayer is learned by praying with others. We just did that this afternoon, this evening, right? Fourthly, prayer is learned by reading about prayer. So let's attack the first one, and maybe, Lord willing, we would get through the four and have enough time to restart our verses. So, prayer is learned by praying. Andrew Murray wrote this. He said, reading a book about prayer, listening to lectures, and talking about it is very good. Okay? But it won't teach you to pray. You get nothing without exercise. Excuse me. You get nothing without exercise without practice. I might listen for a year to a professor of music playing the most beautiful music, but that won't teach me to play an instrument. Uh, Jesus says in John 16, 13. So we, we hear that and we say, well, where's our help at? Jesus sends a helper, Holy Spirit, right? Capital H, that's what he says in John 16. 
But he says this in, in verse 13 of John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Right? So we have a helper. You're not trying to do this on your own. Right? You have someone that is going to help you. It is the Holy Spirit. Secondly, prayer is learned by meditating on Scripture. I want to ask you a question. Okay? You don't have to answer it, but I just want to ask you. We read the Bible. We close it, and then we try to shift gears into prayer. Anybody ever done that? Like, all right, I'm done with Bible reading. Close it up. I'm going to go to prayer. Okay? Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, done that too. Okay? Not saying anything's wrong with that, but I think prayer should be a part of our Bible reading. Okay? And, and meditating should be what links those things together. Bible intake and prayer, what links those things together is the meditation on the scripture that you just read because it, it should lead into prayer. Okay, So if we read our Bibles, close it, and then shift into prayer, it can be like driving a car going down the road on the interstate and you're going 70 miles an hour and you shift it into neutral. Not good, right? It's not good. Anybody ever tried that? Hopefully not. If you have, I'm surprised you're still here. Okay? All right? So, so minus Stephanie and, well, minus Stephanie, uh, the adults in the room, well, Adrian too. Um, for those who can legally drive, so Caroline, welcome aboard, okay? Um, can you drive a stick shift? Can you? You can? You can? Can you drive one? I can't either, okay? Um, so don't feel bad if you can't. I never learned it. My mama had a day woo and it was automatic. It was awesome. So um, my dad drove a manual truck, okay? And if you've ever driven a stick shift, right, when you're changing gears, it should not sound like when you're shifting gears, right? That means you're trying to go to the wrong spot. All right, my dad had this truck, and, and it was just a two-door truck, and the stick shift was in the middle, and it had a baseball on it because he loved baseball uh, and still does. And he would drive often all the way home from school, and it never failed. There would be one moment where he would shift into the wrong spot, and the car would be like, oh, no, go back where you're supposed to, right? Um, shifting into prayer, <clears throat> excuse me, shifting into prayer while meditating or Bible intake should not be like my dad shifting the truck into gear. Okay? All right? It shouldn't sound bad. <laughs> instead, it should be a smooth transition. Okay? So instead of shifting in the wrong gear, you shift into the right one and the car's happy. Right? Going from Bible intake to prayer should be a smooth transition. And what does that transition involve? What's involved in that transition? Meditating. Not, again, crisscross applesauce hmm, and try to clear your mind. No, think about what you just read and it should drive you to prayer. Okay? Again, the key is meditation. Let's look at two passages of Scripture um, and then we'll close. And we're not even all the way down to this lesson. That's terrible. I've had two weeks to get through this thing and I can't. We're going to look at one passage of Scripture and then we're going to look at the next one next week and get through the rest of the uh, four reasons. So uh, Psalm 5 verse 1. Everybody turn there very quickly. Psalm 5 verse 1. Psalm 5 verse 1. Psalm 5 verse 1. You may amen when you're there. Amen. All right. So, Psalm 5. I would give you, give you guys these, but these are New Testament sets. So, Psalms is not in there. 
Psalm 5, verse 1, it says this. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Right? Or maybe your translation says, consider my groaning. Okay. So the Hebrew word for sighing or groaning, uh, groaning is meditation. It can be meditation. So the same word is used later in Psalm 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In both Psalm 5.1 and Psalm 19.14, both these cases, meditation was the motivation that catapulted David from the truth of God into talking with God. Okay? So I'm going to repeat that again. I know that's a lot of uns in there. Okay? In both cases, Psalm 5.1 and Psalm 19.14, meditation, sighing, groaning, whatever your translation says, Meditation was the motivation that catapulted David from his word, from God's word, into talking to God, right? So it was almost like he was thinking about the word of God, and it sprung him into talking with God, right? So he had a moment where he read, he thought, he prayed. So it's, it's, a, it's a double response. Responsibility number one is you read. You have a response to it. You think about it. Okay, remember how we talked about the ways of meditation? Maybe it's repeating the verse, every word, several times. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am just going word for word for word. And that thought should then spring us into prayer. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and in the life. You are the resurrection. You are the way. You are truth. You are life. Okay? So again, it's it's Bible intake, meditation, thinking about what you just read. Not reading, closing, and then moving on to something different like prayer. It's reading, keeping that Bible open. Right? And maybe you write your prayers down. Maybe you note them on your phone. If they hit that thing hard enough, the TV's going to fall off. And I'm... I'm going to have to hit a child with a ball. Uh, not hard. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it should be reading, thinking, and then praying. Okay? What we read should, read should lead us to think about what we're reading, and then those thoughts should lead us to prayer and praise and thankfulness and thanksgiving. Okay? All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our church, visit welfarechurch.org. Blessings.